Welcome to the Going North Podcast, where you will be informed, encouraged, and empowered to embrace your dreams and advance in life through authorship. I'm your host, best-selling author of the book, Stay the Course, and certified leadership trainer, Don Brightman. Be sure to check out the goods and services from every guest, as well as the host himself, yours truly. Now let the fun begin. Today on the Highlight Real Builder for Authors, GMP the Glorious, a.k.a. GNP the Great, we got another super special, awesome author for Women's History Month 2021, baby, where the millennium gets to drink at turn 21 this year. And my goodness, my goodness, I got a returning guest to the Builder, baby, returning guest, a super special, awesome human, baby, that's right, super special, awesome human, one of my favorite guests from 2021, personal favorites because she was so freaking entertaining and she dealt with all my wonderful bs and trapdoors and she even survived the legendary tree joke that sometimes guests receive out of randomness that they open but hey it's all good so let's give it up for this super special awesome human who has racked up so many more awards since the last time she's been on the show and is written oh my gosh she's actually published 77 books now like last time i think it was like 66 when we chatted so peak performance ghostwriting and writing is still on the table and soaring to the moon and all the way to pluto baby so let's give it up for one of my favorite meows on the planet cat hudson how you doing today ma'am i'm doing great Tom. thank you for that fantastic introduction that was superb I'm happy to, happy to be back again. This is great. Thank you. That's right. Black at it again. Yes, indeed. Well, one of us. One of us is. <laughs> I'll meet you in the middle, man. I will meet you in the middle every time. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing about this Zoom thing. It is black in the middle. That little yeah. line. <laughs> so you are meeting me at the middle. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. Yes, I, I just realized there's Malcolm in the middle. So does that make him the middle man if he's in the middle? It would have to be. <laughs> it would have to be. Ah, yeah. yes, indeed. <laughs> the freaking middle. That's right. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It's in the middle. Yeah, nobody ever wants. Nobody ever wants to sit in the middle. <laughs> oh no, no, because yeah. you're you're screwed if there's a fire escape. <laughs> if you're if you're not, if you're not agile, you it's game over. <laughs> Yeah, there's, yep. there's nothing you can do about it. I was thinking more of like airplanes and long family road trips. The middle That's is right. not the best place to be. That's right. Longer than all the wiener dogs, probably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what's longer than wiener dogs is your accomplishments that keep on growing like a <laughs> positive, like a tree giving positive shade to folks in the summer. So my goodness, you've accomplished so much since the last time we chat. A new fabulous book of your own, The Witching Vault. And this is part one of the series. Racked up a couple extra awards, been getting on wonderful shows and sharing some of the backstory behind the writer herself. So my goodness, how have you been with all of this positive momentum? Whew, I, I've been totally thrilled with it, just to start. I did not expect 
the witching vault to kind of explode as much as it had, um, as it has, as it, as, you know, I can say it continues to most likely. Um, but it was really well received and I was really excited about it. I haven't done anything of my own in urban fantasy before this book. I've done a lot of, I've ghostwritten a lot of urban fantasy, um, which is why I decided to bring this into my own realm of books under my name and what I'm publishing. And uh, I figured, hey, if I, I seem to be doing it successfully under other people's names, let's see if I can do it under mine as well. <laughs> and it, it worked. So that's been going really well. And the whole series is five book series. So this will be popping out really quickly, one right after the other. And this is March now. There's at least three of them out, four. <laughs> So look, how do you plan those is do you, at ahead of time like when you start writing you say you know what this is gonna be like a five book series it's gonna be a 10 book series does it start off in your mind that way or do you just get in the habit of writing so many words so much content that it's like i have to expand this ah uh, yeah that's a good question this is actually the first time that i've ever planned to write a series with a specific number of books Every other time, all my other series started out as like, I'm trying to write one book. And then it just never continued that way. You know, I'd finish one and, and say, oh my gosh, this, this is an entire series. I have to keep going. Or I would reach the end and go, wow, the story is not done, but I <laughs> am done with this book. I have to keep going. Or, you know, one book was a monster and I had to figure out how to break it up <laughs> and make it smaller. <laughs> Um, this is this is the first for me because I'm, I'm actually planning everything in a lot more detail. I still don't write detailed outlines. I can't do those. They bore me to tears. Um, <laughs> but I have an overall plan for the series and stories for each book in the series. And so far, that's working out really well. And it helps me write them a lot more quickly, which is something... I'm also doing for the first time for myself. So it's a good leap forward. Uh, there we go. Almost like a leap year, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> Just giving me one extra day and I'll <laughs> reinvent the wheel for myself. That's yeah. right. The spoke will be a corn cob. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> pick something a little less rural probably but, <laughs> but hey it's all good and it's really interesting that you decided to take that route and really make it five books and heck even planning it out since well that's really getting out of your comfort zone and it seems like that's really been the theme for you for these past few months is getting out of your comfort zone and really stretching and growing and getting yourself out there. So what's probably helped you to stay confident and motivated during these times of momentum for you? Ooh, that is a fantastic question. Uh, literally the first thing that comes to mind is my husband. <laughs> the first thing, he's a thing that just helps me. No, he's, <laughs> he's actually, he's actually been like the biggest support for me during all of this. So I can't remember when the last time was that I was on your show, but I think it was relatively around the same time that my husband decided he wanted to stop working and be a stay-at-home dad for a while. So 
that happened in October of 2019. And so through this whole, you know, shift of the world and the, the shift of my own um, business and career and where I'm headed, he's been really incredibly available. <laughs> so having, having someone around um, who's just, he always has my back and he's always, you know, helping me. He coaches me through what I feel are like some of the difficult business decisions or confrontations, what have you. <laughs> um, that's been amazing. And then, I mean, I've, I've been really super fortunate um, in the fact that my normal has not changed very much over the last year, you know? Um, so I think probably <laughs> keeping me the most stable through these changes that I'm going through and all the stepping out of my comfort zones and continuing to challenge myself is um, a constant reminder that I need to step back and take a break because I will go and go and go and go and go forever and then I will crash and then it's horrible and I'm really trying hard not to do that anymore. <laughs> so yeah, those, those things. My husband being able to spend more time with my family, finding that balance between self-care and relaxing and, you know, reading some books, playing some video games, doing funny, hilarious stuff with my kid who's four. So, you know, <laughs> that's an endless wealth of ideas. And I, I, I think most of all, I just recognize that I thrive the most outside of my comfort zone, which maybe has even become my comfort zone now. And then if that's the case, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> That's right. You already know what to do with yourself is grow even more. That's right. That's always, always where to go. If I, if I ever end up thinking that I have no more room for growth, I will know that I have failed and started over at the beginning all over again. I hope I never reach that place. Oh yeah. Cause you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot and, and it wants to go that far back into the beginning. Oh no, no, thank you. <laughs> I made it out for a reason. One of those was to not go back. <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's kind of nature's cocaine without the cocaine, without the <laughs> nature's part of it. It's like, don't want to go back there. It's evil. It's, it's evil. Yeah. It's not, there's nothing good about it, except for the fact that it led me to where I am right now. And I can say that hundred percent, all the, all the challenges, all the, all the places, all the experiences and hardships, I wouldn't have ended up here without them. There's that's, that. That's what I'm talking about right there. So you heard <laughs> that right, folks. So solid advice. You need folks on your team. You got to choose the right partner, the right spouse to really support you, to support your dreams and your goals while you're supporting the family. You got to have mm -hmm. the <laughs> right teammates so that way y'all can win together. And that can even... Oh yeah, definitely one to go, especially with the four-year-old too, keeping oh, yeah. you, keeping you up in more ways than one, I imagine. Yep, and honest and humble. <laughs> That's what four-year-olds are for. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years she'll be a life coach. Those kids are the best life coaches. No filters. No, yeah, and they everything is so simple when you hear it, just told to you from a child. You're like, oh. Oh yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Why can't I just do that? I was having to tell my daughter the other day, 
to not interrupt me when I'm trying to speak to her because it makes me feel like she's not listening. And she, she took it all in. She looked right up at me and she goes, oh, carry on, mom. <laughs> and I, I carried on because she was so um, intensely eloquent about it. And then I just felt like, oh, she's been listening this whole time and she's just choosing to interrupt me. <laughs> So that's great. Four-year-olds are fantastic. <laughs> I'm very grateful for mine. <laughs> Did she sip tea before or after the, the carry-on line? <laughs> it was after, and I'm pretty sure it was a, a glass of milk. So <laughs> she had the whole thing down. I don't, we don't even say that. Like, we don't tell each other, carry-on. Like, that's it. I don't know where she got that from. But, hey, got the point across perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like where'd you learn that it's like daddy must be watching british tv again <laughs> yeah <laughs> and watching it with her and that's fine <laughs> yes, indeed it's fine indeed definitely fine indeed so my goodness with all this wonderful growth and 77 books with a few of them being your own and a lot of them being others <laughs> and more to come what what you say has probably been outside of writing what's the one or two major skills you've polished over these past few months? Ooh, skills. Hmm. If we can consider meditating being a skill, I would definitely put that in there. That is something that I have. Like I said, working a lot on that balance between self-care and overworking myself. I now split my day up in sections and meditate in between so that I'm not driving myself crazy. So that's been, that's been one skill, the person that came to mind. And actually, I would say the biggest thing is that, you know, by necessity, as I've been growing and challenging myself and moving on to bigger and better things, the biggest, most important, sort of like life and career changing because it definitely is a skill, is being able to like stand up for what I know that I need and want and deserve with my business and where I'm headed and with, you know, various business relationships and, you know, negotiating and <laughs> working out, you know, where to go from here, up and forward. That's been huge. That's actually been probably one of the biggest hurdles <laughs> I have been working on over the last 12 months. Absolutely. And I don't know, I, ha I haven't heard many people talk about that. So I was always like, ah, I'm just bad at it. But I think it's, it's definitely an acquired skill. I put a lot of work into it. And, you know, when it's looked at that way, it's a lot easier for me to approach. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I usually like to see how far guests have grown since it's their second appearance on the show, and you've been kicking lots of arse lately. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm sure she's been polishing some metaphorical shoes somewhere. And yeah. meditation seems to be the shoe of choice. Yeah, yeah. It's one shoe. <laughs> <laughs> any shoes that need polishing. I'll just throw that in there for you, literally. That's or all. it's okay. 
Ain't nothing wrong with having shoes that don't need polish. Like that's less work, actually. Yes, it is. It is. I'm all about less work. <laughs> 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 I've been sitting here talking about all the things that I'm doing. I'm all about less work. Yeah. That's right. Less work, more meditation, more gaining fun, and advancing further than ever thought possible. Yes, indeed. Right. Yes, indeed. So speaking of this magical writing that you're doing, my goodness, like the first chapter of The Witching Vault that became a bestseller the day it launched in December, which was one heck of a Christmas gift to share with others, as well as all of your other books and all the other books to come, is the fact that's a really taking a different route, taking a more comedic approach. So do you think the comedic approach, in addition to you trying it out for yourself under your name since you wrote so many of those type of books for other people was the humor aspect something that you wanted to add because of all of 2020's nonsense or was it just something that was always on your to-do list ah i think neither <laughs> i never i never expected urban fantasy to be something in my stable of books that i write and you know share with my readers and then I realized that I was actually pretty good at it <laughs> after I've been ghostwriting urban fantasy for two years. So it's like, I, I know that it's pretty consistently well-received. Um, and there's always a little bit of humor in there, you know, um, there are, are still parts of the accessory to magic series that has that really intense darkness that I like, and that, you know, is pretty thematic within all my books. Um, but the humor was just something that popped out and developed all on its own. I mean, looking at it from a, you know, like a, a darker perspective, this is a main character who has been institutionalized and released back out into society and is trying to just figure out how to survive. And uh, she's pretty much taking any opportunity that comes her way because she doesn't have a choice. And then on the on the other side of it, the less dark and actually fairly comedic is that uh, she ends up <laughs> being swindled into ownership of a sentient bank <laughs> who wants her there and doesn't want her there and won't tell her what's happening and has a serious attitude problem. It's absurd. I mean, really, like. <laughs> The bank is a character. The entire building is a character. <laughs> and it's just, uh, you haven't gotten that far yet, then if you ha haven't read past first chapter, but you'll love it. <laughs> it's just, it's just hilarious. And it's funny. And yeah, I think there is a lot to be said for adding that absurd and hilarity in with the darkness and with the struggles. Um, and I think that urban fantasy is especially suited to that. Um, just because it is a little bit of the absurd, you know, like our current world, as we know it, with some secret, hidden, magical world aspects to it. Um, and I've realized that <laughs> I'm fairly skilled at writing comedy as well. So <laughs> like that, that has been really fun and it just allows it to flow easier. And, and I also... It, started this series with the intention of opening it up and making it more appealing to a wider range of readers who 
may not enjoy all the darkness that my other work has to offer and who wants something else, you know? So I still like bringing these themes and concepts and ideas, which I had no idea would still inject themselves into the Accessory to Magic series, but apparently it's ingrained in me and I cannot separate it out of my work. So it's got a little bit of everything, but I do, I really, really have been enjoying writing. Yeah, it is darker than fantasy and it's also comedy <laughs> and action adventure and thriller and like mystery and it's everything. <laughs> Uh, there we go. The good part of everything. Do you think there are maybe other genres you think you might explore in the near future? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I can only plan one series at a time, man. I'm just like, I can't go past that. There's been some thoughts of dabbling with steampunk, but I know that, um, sort of the there's a hardcore base of steampunk fans who may not agree with my interpretation of the genre so I don't know but um no I, I really enjoy urban fantasy and then there's always grim dark and epic fantasy and that dystopian sci-fi and so far those seem to be like good good places I like to stay uh we'll see what happens next I have no idea <laughs> I have no idea Hey, it's all good. It's all good, especially when it comes to fiction work, because with a lot of folks who write fantasy books, like in different genres of fiction, like a lot of folks are pantsers. They don't have just straight outlines. They let the characters dictate the story and usually just go with it, as opposed to nonfiction, where you can write an outline and be done in a weekend, as opposed to a fiction yeah. book. That's going to take a lot more of a different process to that. So it. I can't really say I'm surprised because, I mean, yeah, you can only focus on a certain thing at a time to really bring the best out of it, like one Yeah, second. yeah, and I, I only write one of my own things at a time. I mean, I, I'm always working on four different projects at any given time, but only one of them is mine, so, but it is a different, a little bit of a different thought process, and, um, but I have been able to bring in everything that I've learned over the last two years, in the last year especially, and sort of mold it all together and turn it into something that has my flavor and my spin on it. And definitely my sense of humor, which I'm not sure if that's come out ever before in my writing. So that's really exciting. It gets kind of, it's not quite slapstick, but <laughs> there are some things in there that are just like, oh, well, okay, okay. And we're moving <laughs> forward. Like, it's fine. You know, like the worst possible awkward things to say in the middle of a fight like that's fun <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's like you put a banana in the magical tailpipe and there's an actual tail on the banana <laughs> that's exactly what it's like dom like you you just you pinned the tail on the banana with that one ah <laughs> uh, yeah that's uh -huh. right Pinned mm -hmm. it down Zoom style. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Zoom tail. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Zoom tail, indeed. Who needs zombie tails? It's about the Zoom tails. That's right. Okay. That's right. The seance has gone wrong. They're virtual now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the whole world is going to fall apart now. That's just, that's what happened. 
<laughs> we just killed everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, darn it, we should have just let our brooms just fall on the floor. We should have never let them just stand up by themselves. <laughs> Take some action, man! <laughs> I got some responsibility! Go on! <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, speaking of wonderful responsibility, my goodness, been kicking mm -hmm. lots of ours, got these wonderful books out, more to come and managing all these wonderful projects at a time. What would, if you were to possibly, well, it's kind of early, but then again, it's kind of not early since it ain't your first Cat Hudson project for Cat Hudson, is the mm -hmm. fact, what would you say would be, if you were to, if this was basically like your first book over again, what would you do different compared to, compared to like your first book? Because this is book number nine for yourself, right? This is, yeah, the Witching Vault is number eight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would I do? Honestly, releasing the Witching Vault in the way that I did it, I wish that <laughs> I wish that I had had all the knowledge and experience and the team that I have now, the professionals, service providers, and, you know, support network and everything that I have in my corner. I wish I had had that for my very first release. It would have been, all of my books would have been completely different. Not that I'm saying I wish my books were different. I love them the way they are. And they all have such different styles. But this, this is actually the first time that I have ever launched a book and started a new series and said, wow, everything was perfect. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, uh, that answer is backwards to what your question was asking. But you know, I, I, I learned so many things, so many things this time around, you know, that the importance of having an incredible cover that captures the genre right off the bat and leaps off the page. And, you know, how to name a series according to the genre and how to name the titles of every book in a series according to the genre and how to write a book that no one can put down and not just the very niche people who enjoy what I've been writing this is for everybody and you know what to invest in what and when <laughs> around the launch date and you know like there was a lot of planning that went into this series well, it's for about a year, honestly, and writing that first book and nailing down the, the structure and the process and how I was going to do this all differently and getting way more advanced readers for this book than I've had for any of my other books beforehand and running ads and marketing and like full on just injecting all the resources I had into this and now <laughs> writing all the other books in this series is just so much easier and faster and you know doing these a certain way <laughs> it's almost like I did all the work for the entire series in the first book everything else after that it just piggybacks like it's it's blowing my mind I've never seen it work this way so having this new knowledge is like ah I've done everything right and now the next time I do this not to say that there's a wrong way but I did everything correctly according to the expectation that I had for this new series. And then everything else I do from here on out, I'm just going to do it again and again, bigger and better. And hope it works. <laughs> Adjust <laughs> accordingly. 
that's what I'm talking about indeed. That's right. Nickelback and piggyback, baby. That's what I'm talking about indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad we did video this time. <laughs> I almost spit my drink all over my computer. No, we can leave Nickelback out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, indeed. I always really ask these type of questions for the second go around because it's really interesting. No, it's like, all right, now I got some weight now. I got some metaphorical weight now. I got some experience. Don't have the gray hair, metaphorically speaking, yet. Don't want to rush that. I got some experience. It's like, yeah, I'm in this place now. I know what to do, what not to do, what to invest in, how much to invest in, how much not to invest in, possibly. <laughs> right. And just really making those right decisions and really definitely covers leaping off the page like it's so true it's like uh i wish they would probably drop that old cliche of don't judge a book by its cover because that's yeah. what we all do like i'm it's if true. i'm going like i'm looking at the spine label the title and everything if i'm in a day job at the library or at a barnes and noble or whatever like i'm gonna look at the cover and the title like it's of course yeah it's yeah and if something just doesn't look good it's like Ugh. it just doesn't look good you know and that's unfortunately it's just the way that it is you know and there are plenty of books out there that have fantastic covers and their insides do not match either and i think well i don't know maybe those books do a little bit better but <laughs> i would like to think not by much or at least in the series you know like i know that if i if i read something that looked amazing but wasn't i probably won't pick that author up again so but thank you for complimenting my cover. That's what that was about. <laughs> we'll go back to that. Yeah, it's I I found the cover designer for this series that I think I'm going to be using him for all of my covers forever until he decides that he's sick of me and is done designing covers. <laughs> like he's stuck with me. Uh. He's incredibly talented. There we go. I guess he's found his cover girl. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, depends on how you're defining that, Dolphin. <laughs> okay. That's right. This girl's looking for covers. I'm going to give her the best ones ever, baby. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The best ones I can create. Date. Yes, indeed. So, speaking of investing, what do you think may be. Where do you think authors skip on the most that they should probably put more investment dollars behind? You don't have to give specific amounts because you don't have to get all detailed, but do you, where do you think authors should focus their investment on in terms of their book projects? Yeah, um, I would say that like <laughs> the easiest in the long run and the... Um, I guess, least painful way to invest with, you know, um, because sometimes it can be painful. I mean, I've, I have a couple of books that have gone through, they've had four covers until I found the right one that actually like reflected its ability to sell like the way that it should have, you know, and, and so it's just constantly a learning process. But I think the best, the best investment for authors be a tie between like really 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 making sure that your story idea the concept the writing the um 
unputdownableness, <laughs> if you will, um, and nailing your genre, nailing your character arcs, nailing the plot so that there aren't any plot holes, and like this, just story, making sure that the storytelling itself um, is solid. Like that is a huge investment, and it can be a really big investment in time and sometimes monetarily if you're taking classes or you know finding you know uh, yeah mostly classes and <laughs> diving into or even with hiring editors or with hiring someone to um, like a beta reader, but more like in-depth analysis of the way the story is going. Um, and because really, like, if you have that down, the the biggest changes you would ever have to make after that are potentially a cover if the cover's not good enough. Potentially the the um, the blurb, the summary on the sales page, if that isn't quite written up to par. Um, and then potentially investing in whatever other marketing comes after that. But if you don't have a solid product, it's not going to sell. That's <laughs> that's just how that works. Um, and I would tie that with investing in a mentor because I have also really um, integrated the importance of having a mentor in my own career and just in life, right? So find someone who is doing what you want to do, whose life looks the way you want your life to look not necessarily completely that would be weird but someone, <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to be someone else like just i'm not advocating for that let's be perfectly clear <clears throat> but you know to find someone who like aspects of their life um contain things that you aspire to and that you want to achieve yourself and then you get to learn from them and figure out how they got to where you want to be and take their advice and listen to them and listen to professionals. And like, I will be the first person to admit that like, yes, I write a lot and I understand the mechanics of writing very well. And I still have much to learn. And I am not an expert in all the other aspects of publishing. Like <laughs> I need help. Um, and so even, you know, as indie authors, that's, that's a huge thing. I was explain. I actually had to, um, explain what an indie author was, what indie meant to someone the other day. Um, and so I was, I was saying that, yet yeah, indie author and self-published author are commonly used, you know, they're traded off and um, commonly interchanged to mean the same thing. And not that there's anything inherently bad with self-published, but I do prefer the term indie author, independent author, or independent publisher. Um, I am both either or. <laughs> um, but I, pre I prefer that term a lot more because self-published carries with it that connotation of doing everything yourself, everything. I do not do everything myself, <laughs> just to be clear. Like I, I have a team, I am independent. I am not traditionally represented I am an independent author and an independent publisher, but I do not publish these books by myself. I have a cover designer, I have an editor, I have a marketing team and virtual assistants and people who are working behind the scenes to keep my business running for me so I can write. Um, so it's indie author. <laughs> so that, that's another, you know, another huge thing to invest in is a team. You know, if you, if you can find your, your superpower and the thing that you were really good at and excel at that you can do the best and the fastest and the most consistent 
find other people to do everything else for you. <laughs> and then that team just becomes unstoppable at that point. I really learned a lot about that this last year too. Ah, uh, yeah. Superpowers of D, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so besides humor and writing, what would your superpower be? I mean, like, literally writing is my superpower, so that's a hard question. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, superpower. Flying or invisibility? Or, like, creating things from nothing, like tangible, like food or... A new pair of boots. <laughs> Wait, you make your own shoes too? <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> Find me the superpower to do that and I will make my own shoes too. <laughs> oh, no, okay. I don't. <laughs> oh, okay, I was about to say, it's like, oh man, a new dimension, baby. That's right, the Cat Hudson shoes. That's right. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> be like different sizes, different shapes, different heights. Like you don't want shoes from me. <laughs> It ain't no wrong at different heights. The cowboy slash cowgirl boys could have like little cats on the side as designed, you know, and you know, like little huts on some of the other shoes for the hut part of the Hudson last yeah, name. Yeah, you know? yeah. Hut and the, and the sun right over, like shining down its rays. Wow. That's, right. That's going to be my new. I'm making a family crest now. <laughs> <laughs> Huts and a sun. And we're like, <laughs> it'll be awful. <laughs> And maybe a kitty face could be the sun. <laughs> cute. That's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. I'll think about it. <laughs> That's right. The fantasy world expl expands into a new dimension. That's right. <laughs> that is a dimension no one will be lining up to go to. <laughs> That is the, <laughs> the set-aside dimension. That's like, you know, the crumbs at the bottom of the bag. <laughs> with enough crumbs, you can make a ball somehow, right? Yeah, if you try really, really, really hard. That's right. Make a whole hill out of those breadcrumbs. That's right. It may not be a big hill. It may not be king of the hill, but it'll be a nice little mini hill. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Like yeah. Maybe even a molehill. Maybe. I would say anthill first, perhaps. There and we go. And they would eat it all, and then, you know, you're starting over. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we go. Anthill. Made out of anties. That's right. Mm. Oh. Yeah, antibodies or, <laughs> aunt, or aunties. A hill of aunties. <laughs> well, Pronounced anties. Say, yeah, I heard you say anties and antibodies, and I was like, ooh. things are hidden in dark places that's mm, right that is so true like a flashlight when all the lights are off still useful <laughs> if you can find it that's right especially a corn cob shaped flashlight
Yeah. I like to pull random corn cobs out of the sky. <laughs> I have noticed that I like it. It's like, <laughs> I, I would have no use for corn cobs myself, but I'm glad that you can put them to good use. Oh, don't worry. You've been using them more than you'd believe. That's right. Okay. Especially if you're a colonel in the Corny Joe Kingdom. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, before I go too far off the deep end, we're coming down to the magical question that every guest gets to receive for the second time around. And that is if you were giving... Oh, wow. <laughs> this will be a test for you. If you were to give the final speech of your life and all 7 billion people on the planet are watching you for a good 90 minutes and you're giving the keynote speech of your life and you're giving this inspirational message, what would the message be and what would it entail? And they all had to pay attention to you for 90 minutes. And this speech will be played for generations to come. What would be the main message of that keynote speech? Wow. I'm not sure if I could make a speech for 90 minutes about anything, but I would say that the main message, that's like a lot of pressure. All the people in the entire world, the entire planet listening to that, it would be, uh, don't let anyone else tell you who to be or how to be or what to do or what to say or think. Because no one, no one else has any clue <laughs> <laughs> who you really are, what you really need, except for yourself. You know, 90 minutes worth of variations on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an interesting, I'm trying to, trying to pull out more things about that. But I think, yeah, and, you know, finding the answer to that, I think about like, what are some of the most important things I want my kid to know? that don't try to be anyone else don't don't try to walk and talk and move and think and live like anyone else but yourself because that road only leads to pretty dark horrible things and yeah i mean i i know for myself that once i was able to <laughs> You know, forgive myself both for uh, turning away from who I knew I was in order to try and fit in and for <laughs> making the mistakes I made because of all the other choices and all the other things I tried to be, right? Um, after I did that and recognized where my strengths were and how I wanted to live and the direction I wanted to go and stops caring what anyone else thought about those things that's when all the magic really happens that's make magic world <laughs> make magic <laughs> there you go that's what I, tell I would just say make magic for 90 minutes and like hope it sank in <laughs> there you go that's right if you were addicted to the drugs you can make magic happen if you dealt with some evil morons who did some evil things to you. You can still make some magic happen. That's right. You can publish multiple books and make magic happen. You can still have a family and make magic happen. That's right. That's yeah. right. And guess what? Kat did all those things and she's making the magic happen. So there you go. That's right. <laughs> 
That's right. One day you're going to see Kat Hudson on stage with her wonderful presentation, Make Magic. That's right. She's going to have a wand and everything. Yep. 90-minute chant. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's right, folks. You're all required to wear yoga pants and meditate. Everyone. Yeah, that's right. They made Spanx for men for a reason, folks, for for Kat's keynote. That's why they made them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I want to be credited with that, okay? I don't know. It wasn't for me. (laughs) But everyone has to wear them, just saying. Don't don't give me all the credit. (laughs) Uh, There's a MasterCard somewhere. You get the credit. (laughs) Thanks. But that MasterCard's in this yoke pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking of credit cards and folks want to discover more about you, just going to also shout out the wonderful Jason Lachance and Jen Taylor. going to put their episodes in the show notes too because Kat has an awesome story of overcoming a dark past and turning that into some creative power indeed. So we're going to put those in the show notes. You just want to shout out the Mighty Jays as well since Kat has a lot of wonderful stories to share not only through her books, but through her other interviews as well. And speaking of continuous discovery, if folks want to once again keep in contact with all that the wonderful Meow herself is doing, what's the best way for folks to reach out to you, Kat? Yeah, best way to reach out to me is either like, email me, that's the author, at katherinehudsonfiction.com, or find me on Facebook at Catherine Hudson Fiction. Um, I can also be emailed through my website, katherinehudsonfiction.com. There's Catherine Hudson Fiction on Instagram and I'm on Twitter at Exquisitely Dark. That's right, folks. Exquisitely Dark, baby. Exquisitely Dark, baby. That's right. That's right. So that means there's chocolate on that site somewhere disguised as a book if you read it. That's right. There could be. (laughs) There could be. (laughs) That's right. You can bank on it. Good one. That was the best one. That was that was crafty. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Some say it's cheesy. <laughs> well, there is craft cheese, so you know you can best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll stick with corny instead of cheesy. Co- co- with what? Yeah, instead of being uh, cheesy, I'll be corny. Corny. There are many corn cobs. <laughs> so, <laughs> You can say, if you want to be the corny one, go for it. You have earned that. <laughs> Above and beyond the regular, I don't know how many corn cobs you earned regularly, but you've done well today. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's right. I just believe in spreading the wealth like butter on bread. So, in speaking of earning corn cobs, any closing thoughts that the listener earns from the special K herself, Hori, close up shop? Oh, my goodness. Special bonus points for me. I feel like I've already shared them all. <laughs> <laughs> just to just keep moving and just keep challenging yourself and uh, trying to step out of your comfort zone and live in that space every chance you can get. That includes finding balance. Finding balance isn't always necessarily in a comfort zone, which I have discovered. So Yeah, whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, that you're thinking about investing in time, money, emotions, energy, what have you, do it. 
How's it going, my friend? I'm glad you made it to the end. That shows that you really enjoyed what you heard, and you are an uncommon finisher. Thanks for giving this show a listen. If you really want to help out the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone that you care about or someone that needs to hear this message because you want to spread this podcast around like butter on bread if that's your type of thing and if it's not your type of thing still spread it around anyway because good stuff needs to be shared with good people like yourself